adoration. Just bless his holy name. Give him all the praise because he's worthy. The fact that you're able to hear this morning, it's, it's still morning. The fact that you're able to be here today, it is, the Bible says that it is by his mercies that we're not consumed. So why don't you just thank him for his steadfast love? You know, the, the scripture says that the, the afflictions of a righteous person, there are a lot, but God delivers him from them all. So in spite of the challenges, the challenges may be a lot, they may abound, but the scripture says that God delivers the one that stands in the right place with him from all those challenges, from all those afflictions. And that is your portion, that is my portion. You know, God, our great deliverer, is delivering us from everything, everything that comes our way, that may be a challenge to us. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. He's causing rivers to flow in your desert place. So why don't you just give him all the praise? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We worship you, God. We give you praise, O oh Lord. For your faithfulness, O oh God, we thank you. For your mercy, we thank you. For your grace, O oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because you're the one that has kept us since the beginning of this year. Even unto this point in time, you've been our rock of help. And for this, we exalt your name. Say, Father, accept our thanks and praises. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise, praise the Lord. You, you know, on Friday, I'm just going to share briefly on the topic, heavenly treasures. <laughs> heavenly treasures. On Friday, when David was leading us in the prayer session, he was talking about the fact that there were just 21 days left in the year. And, you know, my wife was like, really, just 21 days. And 21 days, now it's 19 days, right? Just 19 more days in the year. And another 13 days and it's Christmas. Praise the Lord. Sorry, are, are there any December babies in this house? Any December borns? You know, they, I knew there was something special about you, man. I just knew, I knew that there was something, you know, unique, special. You know, for those of us that are born in December, yeah, yeah, those, those of us born, you know, man, the, the glory of the latter, mm, you know, the, the last month of the year, the, the glory of that last month is just, it's something else. Huh? You know, much more than what you've experienced in January, you know, January, February, March. The, God has so much in stock for you in this month. December is an awesome month. Praise the Lord. But, you know, for those of us born in December, something often happens. You don't get two gifts. You, you really do. Because they'll just roll your birthday gift into your Christmas gift and just give you one lump sum. And you're thinking, if, if I was born in January or February, you know, I'll have my birthday gift in February. And as you get closer to Christmas, it's even worse. Because they're just thinking, you know what? You were born on the 20th or the 15th. Christmas is around the corner. We'll just put the two together and celebrate. I, I was listening to, listening to a few, you know, a couple of children were talking. 
and they were planning for Christmas. And they were asking each other, what do you want for your, for your Christmas gift? What should I get you? They were asking each other. So they were going to get each other gifts. And one of them said, you know what? All right. And there was something they had in mind. It was like, no, I'll ask my grandparents because they've got the funds. I won't ask you for that one. And as I was listening to them, I was thinking to myself, okay, this kid is being pretty smart. He's playing his smart. Parents, grandparents, you guys have money. So, you know, you can get the big gifts, the lasting gifts. But they, because they've only got maybe one P or, you know, one pound in their pocket, you know, in their piggy bank or whatever, they're limited. So we'll ask ourselves the slight things. And I, as I was reflecting over the years, I was now thinking about my own children. As in how many gifts have I got them for Christmas? You know, there's... <clears throat> If anything, Christmas period, Christmas season is possibly the most celebrated season. If you think about it, it's, it's a season of goodwill. Um, even unbelievers celebrate Christmas and they share gifts. So for, for those of us sitting here, all the gifts we've been receiving, where are they? That, that, that was my thought because I... I I thought about my kids and I thought to myself that, all right, so one is 16, the other is, one is 15, the other is 13. And I thought to myself, in the, in the past 15 years, they've gotten so many gifts. How many are still there? You know, there, there's some gifts that, <clears throat> from right from the middle of the year, you're being prepared for Christmas, I want this, I want this, I want this. Come Christmas day, they get that gift. There's some gifts that did not last a day. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Some gifts, after a couple of days or a week, they even forget about it. So the, the expectation, the time, the expectation of the gift, the longing for the gift is even more, try to say is more, important to them that when they now get to get the gift it's like you know use it for one day put it aside or use it for one week forget about it and then they move on to the next one thank god for tv commercials you know the 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 issue tv commercials cause for parents is on another level because the asbros and the which other one is there once they start advertising it the kids said, that is it. That is it. Get it for Christmas. And then you get it. Nothing happens. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> you know, it, it reminded me of a story in the scriptures. And that passage in Matthew chapter 6, that talks about laying up for ourselves treasures. And the, the question I want to pose to each and every one of us today is, what, you know, what treasures are we amassing? What gifts are we keeping? And even those of us that are giving gifts, what, you know, why do we give those gifts? You know, the, the first verse of that Matthew 6, you know, it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of Matthew 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, 
you will have no reward from your father in heaven. The, the Passion Translation says, examine your motives. Examine your motives to make sure that you're not showing off when you do your good deeds, only to be admired by others. Otherwise, you will lose the reward of your heavenly father. So for some of us, why do we, why do we give gifts? What is, what is the motive? What's the motive behind our giving? Why do we buy the gifts? Is it, I, I watched a, a clip recently and I said, who do you love most, mom or dad? You know, like mom, dad, who do you love most? Mom. Uh, who buys you things most, dad? Who would you like to see, you know, who would you like to live long, something along that line, mom? And you're thinking, wow, do dads have thankless tasks? They spend it. So the, what is the motive? They're the ones that spend. Who pays your school fees? Dad. Who do you go to, you know, who do you talk to most? Mom. God bless dads. God bless fathers. God bless engaged fathers. I, I think fathers, we have to be careful. I, I was speaking to a gentleman once. And this guy was working like no man's business. I mean, working like no man's business, traveling all over the place, doing contract jobs, you know, consulting here and there, making big bucks. But did he have a relationship with his children? The children didn't really know. And, and it got me thinking, when, when my dad died, you were, we were reminiscing. And you know the thing we remembered most about him were the times when it will call us together. He used to share all manners of stories in all this folklore. They will sit us all down and tell us folklore and things like that. Those were the times we remembered. Nobody was thinking about the times when he would put down, you know, the fees for schools and all that. It was the good times, the quality time spent. Dads, God will help us to spend quality time. What, what are the motives behind the things we do? The gifts we do, the good deeds we do. What, what, you know, what makes us do those things? The Passion Translation says, examine your motives to make sure that you're, you know, you're not showing off. And even with gifts, when we give gifts, why are we giving gifts? Is it so that someone will point to us and say, wow, and this... Thank God for K. K bought me. I'm not sure what K is going to buy me for Christmas, but let, let me already start putting in. You know, K got me this fantastic gift, and I'm saying it on the pulpit. Is it so that you know every time Pastor D talks, he can actually mention how how awesome K has been? Is it why he's doing it? Why why do we do what we do? Say, so don't practice your righteousness in front of others. Otherwise, you get a reward. You will not get a reward in heaven. Why do we give gifts to other people? What is our motive? It says, when you give to the poor, don't announce it and make a show of it just to be seen by people. Like the hypocrites in the streets and in the marketplace, they've already received their reward. But when you demonstrate generosity, do it with pure motives. 
when you demonstrate generosity, do it with pure motives and without drawing attention to yourself. Do it with pure motives without drawing attention to yourself. You know, when, when I think about that passage, does it mean that nobody can know about what I do? It, it doesn't mean that. What is my driving force when I do good deeds? Hey, if people find out, that's fine, but you don't do it to draw attention to yourself. Is it so that you can be called, you know, that awesome philanthropist? Everybody knows that, you know what, he's always giving his gift. There, there are people that, you know, will literally give their arm and leg for you. And nobody knows. Those are the kind of people that the Bible talks about. Their reward is, you know, is established in heaven. Matthew 6, 19. Matthew 6, 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, the, the Passion Translation says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures. And some of us, we're so good at this. I mean, in hoarding. How many of us do regular spring cleaning? You know, I... I try as much as possible to clear things out of this. I'm, I'm one, I, I really don't like clutter. I don't like clutter. And I know that Baba used to say something that if, if you have something, if you've had a clock for like six months and you haven't worn it, you'll say it's not yours. Give it out. Some of us, we, we've got things that are 20 years old. And every time it comes to spring cleaning, we look at it and, and that, that's it. Once you hear the, you know it's not going anywhere. You know it's not going because by the time you open that box and the smile breaks out, oh, you remember this? My wife is not here, so I can talk. She, that, that's where we're different. I'll be like, hang on, this thing is even, you know, it's out of date. You can't even wait anymore. If you wear it, you know, people will be thinking you stepped out of the 80s or the 90s. So give it out. Be like, oh, I remember. And then from one story, that one single car, you, you can spend the next 30 minutes of different stories of what happened and the people that you were with and all that. And instead of clearing out, you do, at the end of the day, you cover the box and put it back. Praise the Lord. Some of us, we, we're experts at hoarding. We gather treasures. We gather gifts. But to what hands? To what purpose? We receive gifts upon gifts. But what do we do with them? You, you build a mansion. You have 20 rooms in your mansion. 
you buy 10 cars, 15 cars, how many are you going to drive? How many rooms are you going to sleep in? How many clothes? You, you, some folks, you enter their house. When they open their wardrobe, you're like, wow. You know, the, the boutiques are, you know, they're small in comparison. And then there'll be clothes there that for a year you have not even worn. Okay, quick, quick. How many of us have boxes or storage where we've got clothes? Let's, let's be real with ourselves that are even more than five years old. Be true. Just think for a second. More than five years old. You've got clothes that are more than five years old that you don't wear in your house. Right? None of you. Wow, you guys are fantastic. No, you're, you're fine. No, really. If Because I didn't see any hands go up. So it, does, it doesn't matter because it, it doesn't matter whether in a box or in your wardrobe. If you've kept it in your wardrobe for five years, COVID, thank God for COVID. You know, you know one thing, the other, the other thing COVID has done? All our Greek alphabets, we're remembering them now. Alpha, Delta, Omicron. The other day I sat down and I was thinking, which are the other, you know, alphabets? By God's grace, we'll not get any more alphabets. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, phi. And me and the boys were just counting all the alphabets. Wow. God will continue to keep us in perfect peace. Omicron will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. And in the Bible says, we will not experience the diseases of the Egyptians. Let us, let us do what is needful. Let us continue to keep safe. And God will preserve us in Jesus' name. <clears throat> we shouldn't be hoarding. We shouldn't be hoarding. It says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. And in reality, you know, just think about it. What are those things that you've got that, you know, can be destroyed, can be stolen? can decay, can rust. It says, instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen, that will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. So what do you value most? <clears throat> you think about it. Whatever you treasure has power over you. It influences your thoughts. It influences your choices. What do you value most? Your treasures can control you. Your treasures can influence you. What do you value most? It says your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. So if it, is, if it is the funds in your bank account that is most important to you, if it is the cars you have, if it is the <coughs> stocks you've bought, if it is your children, 
they would determine those things. I think it was a couple of months ago that we were sharing about, you know, what do we live for? And we're talking about what we live for. And we say, truly, there, there are some folks that will say that, oh, they're living for their children. But we say we should live for God. We read during Sunday school that we should love the Lord our God. He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with your totality, with everything in you. That should be the priority. When we say, you know, we talk about idolatry, we say, what is an idol? And normally we'll say anything that you value more than God or that you hold in esteem more than God. So the question is, what do you esteem? What do you consider to be your treasure? If you're not careful, your children can be idols to you because you focus so much on them to the detriment of your relationship with God. If you're not careful, your work, your work can become your treasure. It's all about work. You prioritize your job. You prioritize the office and the things you do at work more than your relationship with God. If you're not careful, it's, it will be the money you make. I know mo money, is a, money is a good servant or a terrible master. You, you, you don't want money to be your master. The Bible says that, you know, money answers all things. Money is good for all things, but you don't want it to control you. You don't, you don't want it to be your priority. If all you're looking for is funds, funds, funds it, it becomes a vicious cycle. Let me get more, let me get more, let me get more. What do you treasure? What is your treasure? It says, don't lay up for your treasures on earth. So don't think about building houses, buying cars, um, getting promotions. It's not your priority. So when you become the CEO of your company, then what next? You want to become the CEO of the group of companies. Then what next? You want to become, you know, going to politics. You talk about esteem factors. I've achieved that I'm moving forward. Where, where does it end? Where do you stop? There's, there's a story in Luke chapter 12. We'll read it. Luke chapter 12 from verse 13 about an affluent man. And this man pretty much didn't know where to stop. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says, just then, someone spoke up from the crowd and said, speaking to Jesus, Master, you should compel my older brother to divide the family inheritance and give me my fair share. And there's so many people like that, that our priority is just about inheritance. It's, you know, you, you hear about some folks, the parents die and a, peace, a seemingly peaceful family, all of a sudden, you know, war and strife breaks out. Who's getting what? It says, compel my brother to, you know, to divide the family inheritance and give me my fair share. Jesus answered, my friend, who made me a judge and an arbitrator over you? Speaking to the people, 
Jesus continued, be alert and guard your heart from greed and from always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. You know, the King James Version says, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things he has. Because truly, where, where do you draw the line? It says, you know, your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. Jesus then gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner had a farm that produced bumper crops. Every year, the harvest was so great, it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to score to store them? I know what I will do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. Then I can just sit down, sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. God said to him, verse 20, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death will demand to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? Interest in this guy. It says every year. So on a yearly basis, he was having abundant harvest. But he was just amassing that wealth, just hoarding it, keeping it. Just keeping the gifts. And God said to him, you know, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. Who are we placing our trust in? What are we, you know, treasuring? And where are we storing our treasure? The question is, what do you count as your treasure? Is it your relationship with God? Is it the intangible investment you're laying up in heaven? Or is it the, the things you're keeping here on earth? I think it, it was the Egyptians that when, when the pharaohs die, they'll bury treasures with them, right? And even some kings, they'll kill people. But at the end of the day, if it is metal, the metal will rust there. If it is clothes, the clothes will be destroyed. It's not going to the afterlife with anyone. That's, that's the honest truth. I think it was it was job that said naked i came naked i will return the lord gives the lord takes praise the lord glory to the name of god we we we're here we did not come with anything and we're not going to take anything back to heaven so the question is what are you storing up there in heaven what treasures are you keeping for yourself we're, we're in a season of gifts given of sharing gifts what gifts are you sharing with folks? What is the greatest gifts you can share with people? It's Jesus. Praise God. It's, it's letting them know that God loves them. It's sharing that love. And that's one of the ways, you know, you lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. What are the good deeds? What are the kind deeds that you're doing? Let us, let us work. Let us make that effort to build our heavenly treasures.
and not be too focused on the material things of this earth. The Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart will be. It is the thing you treasure most that you will esteem most. My prayer for each and every one of us that, you know, we'll put our trust in God and the things of God. We'll treasure the things of God. Shall we just, shall we just pray? I, I don't know what word has ministered to you, but I believe that God, God is speaking. He's speaking to you, speaking to me. Pray for yourself. That earthly treasures will not have power over you. That earthly treasures will not influence your thoughts, your choices. But that you, that God should help you. God should help me to prioritize him. We were just 13 odd days before Christmas. You know, the season of joy is the season of great tidings, good tidings of great joy. Some are going to be busy, you know, sharing gifts, sharing chocolates. What are you going to be busy sharing? What gifts are you going to be bestowing? Are you like that rich man? That's a year on year. Was having fantastic harvest. You know, abounding harvest. But was not doing anything with it. Was just amassing the wealth. Hoarding the wealth. What are you doing with the wealth God has given you? How are you using your treasures to be a blessing to others? To be a blessing to the kingdom of God? Right, can you open with that song? We sang it out. I said, Lord, I look to you. I will God, I look to you. I would be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you and my help comes from, give us wisdom, you know just what to do, vision to see, God, like I look to sees. you, wisdom to know what to do. Vision to see as God sees, not as you want to see. To see things like you do, God, we look to you. Your wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. The Lord knows what to do. When God gives you wisdom, He will direct your path to do things the way He wants you to do it. So he gives wisdom for you to know what to do because he is, he is wisdom personified. He gives visions 
that is his will for you, his will for me. To walk in step. The scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. To walk in step with Him. So that we're not we're not doing what we think is right. So that we're not amassing wealth for ourselves for the sake of gathering wealth. That we're not just holding riches. But the, the blessings that the Lord is blessing you with, that is blessing me with. What am I doing with it? The gifts that he has given to me. What am I doing with it? Where am I, where am I laying my treasures? Where am I storing my treasures? Is it in the safety deposit box? Is it in the bank? Is it in stock? Is it all about money? Is it all about wealth? Is it all about affluence? Or is it about building a relationship with God? Is it about doing what God wants you to do? Is it about being directed by God himself to do what is right in his sight? Laying up treasures in heaven where moths cannot spoil, where rust cannot destroy. Heavenly Father, we, we pray for ourselves this day, Lord, that we'll not, we'll not be as that foolish man. Your word says that those who we hold more than is needful tend to poverty. Father God, we'll, we'll not withhold more than is needful. Lord, help us to be liberal. Your word says that the liberal soul will be made fat. Lord, that we will be liberal. That we would not, we would not withhold more than is needful, O God. And the Lord, as we, as you bless us, that we'll continue to be a blessing to those around us. And even as we're blessings to those around us, Lord, we'll be laying for ourselves every treasure that cannot be destroyed. At the end of it all, Lord, that you say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome, come into the rest of your Lord. That that will be our portion in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the remaining 19 days of this year. And even the remaining 13 days to the celebration of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that our lives will truly reflect Christ the reason for the season that will not be bogged down by anything else, but will, will communicate not the joy of salvation, the joy of the birth, the joy of redemption in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, Father, for we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise, praise the Lord.